0: Welcome to Storyboard. I'm Lars. I'm Meg. Today we're talking about the genre of mysteries. We'll be doing a special double pitch of real life mysteries we think deserve their own series. We'll talk about notable films that leave us with more questions than answers. And we'll leave you with some cryptic clues about what's been on our cinematic radar. Pull up a chair, baby.
1: Okay, this episode we are keeping you on your toes and Mm -hmm. leading off with uh, some pitches for real life mysteries we think would make good series. I guess I can start. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So basically. In 2017, I don't know if you remember this, but mm-hmm. reports came out that the U.S. embassy in Cuba had cut its staff in half and expelled about 15 Cuban diplomats from the U.S. after this mysterious happening in which <laughs> over two dozen American diplomats in Havana complained of nausea, headaches, Sleep deprivation, concussion like symptoms basically, after hearing this loud, (gasps) penetrating, enduring noise in their homes and in their hotels. Like over months. They started, the noises started as far back as spring in 2016 and they stretched into fall 2017. And it affected both the embassy staff and their spouses. So the noises range in description from like grinding metal noises to like a constant high pitched drone like an electronic drone to this is in a guardian article the sound of wind buffeting in an open car window so like i don't know, like okay i don't know so british sounding okay uh so unnamed u.s officials claim the diplomats were victims of concerted acoustic attacks by the cubans and i mean it is kind of like a well-known thing that like The Russians, the Cubans, have this huge surveillance apparatus Uh that really closely monitors thousands of people, particularly diplomats from, like, Western powers that Mm -hmm. are in the country. Uh, So the U.S. government commissioned evaluations of the affected people, and then there was an official report produced in uh, JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association, that described a syndrome that was similar to people with repeated head injuries— what? Again, no one had been touched by anything. It was all based on these sounds, sounds they were, like, claiming they were terrorized by in their homes and in their hotel rooms. So the report was then called into question by a number of neurologists. Like, this was, like, over months. Uh-huh. So a number of neurologists in the international community pointed out that it was based on these cognitive tests that were administered to the symptom sufferers. So it was, like, this diffuse cloud of symptoms that could be attributed to a lot of causes. And they were kind of asking the people to like, you know, like kind of doing cognitive tests, memory tests and things. Mm -hmm. So it could be all things that would be psychological because all these symptoms were like very uh, hard to pin down, didn't seem related. And then the sounds they were describing were like kind of all over the map. So uh, a number of people have advanced the theory. It could have all been a social panic that was Mm -hmm. brought on by psychological stress. Mm -hmm. Uh, But all the people that were suffering really did have kind of actual effects, including yeah. a Canadian diplomat lost hearing. So oh my god. Uh, so the most recent update from this year, though, is that a fresh analysis of the audio capture, this is like a little bit of a spoiler, <laughs> but a fresh analysis is that the sound is actually the chirping of the Indies short-tailed cricket. So what? this breed of cricket <gasps> is so loud and droning, especially in the mating season, that it's basically these, first of all, there's a job that is called a sensory biologist. (laughs) Okay. The sensory biologist had identified definitively the sound of that particular like Caribbean species of cricket and said that, Basically, it is actually that loud. Like if you're from the Caribbean mm-hmm. or from South America, like sort of the northern part of South America, you're like, oh yeah, it's really loud. We and also have
0: noise canceling headsets, basically
1: canceling headsets. Yeah. One of the scientists was like, oh well, if you're if you're not familiar with insect noises, you could be you could be you know driven, driven a little insane. mad, <laughs> driven to deafness. Yeah, I know it seems wild. So. This was reported in a Guardian article that continued that the identification of the sound source doesn't mean that an attack of some sort didn't happen, but it definitely casts doubt over the sound being responsible for their health problems, mm-hmm. but the cause and nature of their illnesses remain unclear. Who sent the crickets? I'm just I kidding. kidding. <laughs> yeah, like they, they, were, were, they, they were sent they into like, the hotels or right, like, the embassies. Were they crickets? Just, like dumped places. a box of crickets. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> that would be like the best yeah. scene ever, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like twist place. at the end. The final moment no, like, just someone d- <laughs> dumped
0: Something a cardboard box of
1: crickets. And like the yeah, seat. it's like you basically swallow the cricket in their shipments and crates from yes. like some
0: lab, and they're exactly. like
1: ripping open these cardboard things and just hastily dumping
0: yeah, yeah. them in the bushes. <laughs> it's all
1: twelve-year-old boys. Yes. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. So I don't really have a showrunner in mind. I need help with casting. I need some actors to play Cuban officials who are kind of. Mm. I mean, I do think it's sort of. Cubans that you're dealing with, oh, are they playing a game of cat and mouse with us? There's got to be a lot of really stupid, panicky, possibly weak-willed American embassy staff who are like, oh, do you hear that? Like, I'm Mm -hmm. picturing kind of... It does seem like a social panic kind of scenario.
0: Mass hysteria, Um, mass delusion.
1: Somebody who's good at kind of being a hypochondriac and freaking out. Hmm. I definitely picture Marsha Gay Harden as this sort of like middling Ooh. State Department official who's yes. really like trigger happy and wants to like pull people out at the first possible yeah. sign because she's really unhappy with the sawing of diplomatic relations so she's like we're yeah. getting our people
0: out of here and like, she's always carrying folders yeah exactly like just I like that her. pursed little lips and like that yeah. kind of like <laughs> hands on her hips yeah yeah I'm trying to think of official kind of almost like yeah. boring I mean I've always I, I've already mentioned like Bill Camp in another pitch but Bill yeah. Camp would be he so he would be so good. really good in that like kind of boring Boring bureaucrat kind yeah. of thing I can definitely
1: picture like a Diego Luna as like a Cuban scientist mm-hmm. or something who's maybe yeah. like working in a
0: lab
1: or he's you know yeah, definitely testing out the sounds or something
0: and for some reason, I'm seeing like Toby Huss. Do you know him? Oh, okay, I don't know. I can just see his little yeah, twang. Just like definitely. he's like, we oh got you know, hey, I think it's crickets, y'all, or <laughs> yeah, something. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe there's like one crazy person. that's Like, all right, no, yeah. actually, or maybe it's like better that it's something dumb in the end. I don't know. Yeah, like it's a reveal, or maybe it's like, oh, they're
1: crickets, and then in the last episode, the reveal is that they were intentionally put yes, there. Yes, that's true. That's true. It's like a
0: double. It's twist. like a <laughs> double twist. Yeah. Ooh. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely love the whole like there's a conspiracy, there's a plan, and really yeah. it's just like either nature or, or it's just like random chaos. Yeah, there's that will definitely come up later in for that sure. <laughs> um, I want to anyway. see this. I definitely want to see lots of beige and brown and suits mm-hmm. and people with folders. Yeah, uh, yes, in and like trying to record the sounds, like yeah, trying yeah.
1: to. And I do think it probably spreads where like someone hears it and then it keeps spreading to other people. Like I started hearing it in my yeah. hotel room, like freaking out in hallways and stuff.
0: Do you have a showrunner in mind, like for a vibe? I mean, is it kind of is there like a little bit of comedy to I it? I think there's black a little comedy? bit of like yeah, I mean, we could like go Veep. We could yeah, I was going to say Veep like I don't think or, it's full Veep. It might yeah. be kind of in like in the loop
1: sort of thick of it where it's not. I feel like Veep gets really. I think it's a top. little wacky. Yeah, I but, mean, I'm into it, but yeah, yeah. you know, like something mm-hmm.
0: that's still it's a black that's comedy ish. Yeah, okay. for
1: sure, that kind of style. But I don't okay. really have a particular showrunner. In mind. I'm
0: grasping. I'm trying yeah. to think. This is you for loop. I don't know what I was expecting from you, but mm, yeah. I've never heard of this mystery. Oh, yeah. I don't have oh, that. I've never okay. heard of this. Yeah. So you're just like, so it's not even like, I've been thinking about that. No, I know. mystery and who should star in it. I can see like a John Cho as one Ooh. of the diplomats
1: who's not as convinced, you know? Like he's mm-hmm. the one trying to keep the lid on things and keep yeah. people calm and he can't keep a handle on his Yeah. And people. maybe,
0: what about like Regina Hall? I'm trying to think of her part though. Hmm. I feel like she knows the truth or suspects Yeah, it. I don't know, suspects I can see her kind of like trying to convince people. And yeah. Like, You're
1: crazy. Like she's another one of the people that's sent there to be like Yeah. She's the she's the counterweight to Marsha Gay Harden where she's yeah. like uh-huh. Yeah.
0: I love anyway. it. I mean, so, this is a mystery to me. I have
1: to look yeah, it up. I it's still mysterious. Do you yeah. they kind of solved it? The, mysteri- the mystery is, was it still, like you said, like because Yeah, because like, still,
0: it's still open-ended, as it far is. as I'm concerned. It is. And, like,
1: why are these people having, like, real
0: physical symptoms? It's yeah, just interesting. Which, I also
1: love social contagion, social panic stories, so... Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, that kind of bleeds into mine. Okay. <laughs> so, I chose something that is not necessarily my personal favorite mystery, mm-hmm. but I tried to steer clear of true crime for your sake. (laughs) Thank you. Because I bring it up too much. So and I wanted to and also a lot of the mysteries I like wouldn't really make a full mini series. So um, instead I went the total tinfoil hat conspiracy route (laughs) with the Denver airport conspiracy. (gasps) (laughs) So again on the surface doesn't naturally interest me but if you kind of goose it up a little Mm -hmm. bit with, with lots of artistic license a la like the series Fargo. I don't know if you ever watched that, but they take like a it's a based true story, and I'm like that's bullshit. I was anyway, <laughs> so like just say it's so we made this shit up anyway. Yeah. Um, but I think we could really have something here. So this is just going to be a laundry list of the weird things, okay. um, rather than like a macro conspiracy. Yeah. So the highlights: the construction of the airport was long delayed, and two. Billion dollars over budget. Oops. What? Wild. Okay, that's enough right there. Um, I want some forensic accounting. A whole yeah, No I'm <laughs> <just> kidding. <laughs> um, uh, supposed underground bunkers and tunnels underneath the airport built by the government, allegedly for uh, like a future apocalyptic disaster for the global elite, and possibly like leading to NORAD, which Whoa. I only know about NORAD because of War Santa. Games. Oh. <laughs> That's it, right? I mean, anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, the bird's eye view of the runway layout looks like a swastika. I mean, so says people, but I'm like, it's just like a pinwheel shape. Oh, okay, so, yeah, I mean, you know, people really are looking. They're for, really yeah. straining for that. Inside, there are creepy murals of nuclear disaster and Nazis and gas masks. That's just weird. Um, there's a capstone laid over a time capsule used to commemorate the opening of the airport in the mid-90s. I couldn't really figure out if it was 94 or 95. The time capsule's 94, but the opening date was 95, whatever. The capstone has uh, Masonic symbols on it and says the words New World Airport Commission for some reason. So Freemasons plus New World (laughs) Order equals the internet going berserk. And perhaps the creepiest of all is the (sighs) 32-foot-tall demonic blue horse statue with the glowing red eyes out front that actually... Uh, killed its own creator, art, uh, artist Luis um, Jimenez, when a piece fell on him during its construction. So I think that's the thing that people really that's people really Yeah, yeah. So it really seems more of like a conspiracy based around bad art. It yeah. seems yeah. Like, like murals and uh, there's like gargoyles inside too and whatever. Well, and, and they like, really, really leaned into it. Like, I don't know if you read all this, but like the Den yeah. really like hypes yeah. it up. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, come back. Yeah, yeah, come here for it. So, so i want a five or six episode mini series each with a different i guess protagonist is like the mm-hmm. word but anyway, a different protagonist centered around different aspects of the conspiracy in each episode the, the sculpture of the horse and him dying uh the muralist making this creepy ass mural um <laughs> the underground tunnels uh the time capsule and of course the finale that ties everything together And I don't know how, but it will. Um, So I mostly want long, slow, creepy shots of different parts of the airport at night. Mm. So in each episode, if if it's the tunnels, then it'll be like, the tunnels. It starts Uh, with that kind of long... Exactly. It's just like a long, slow panning zoom kind of thing um maybe not a ton of dialogue and there probably needs to be some sort of event outside of the actual conspiracy but some sort of event that starts the investigation like sorry but a murder (laughs) or a series of creepy events ghosts or whatever i don't know yeah and maybe a journalist who investigates the mystery is sort of a through line i'm not Mm -hmm. sure so for showrunners um i thought cinematographer bradford young who filmed arrival restless city and when they see us um, I started directing a few things recently, so I'd really like to oh, see him take the reins. Yeah. He really could do that, like, dark, creepy, yeah, amazing cinematography thing. So, yeah, casting. I don't know. It's kind of, like Ooh, I said, it's casting, kind of a loose one. Because, because it's like who, you, it kind of depends how you're... Yeah, because it like I don't really necessarily have like a set plot line. Like besides, like maybe like one investigator, mm-hmm. and then I mean most of this is gonna be at night because I don't want like a bunch of people bustling around. Right. At most, like, most of the night. shots at I'm so, like maybe the custodial staff <laughs> see something. I guess you could have like I don't know who's in charge of an airport like day to day. Like the manager. <laughs> I don't know. Is that weird? I, don't, I don't, don't know. The owner. I'm just kidding. Yeah, this. who does run You know run what I mean? mean? Like the, the head
1: port authority. I think. Yeah, runs it. sure. Yeah, you
0: know what I mean? Like the yeah. main yeah. guy. It's like I'm in yeah. charge of this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So again, kind of a bureaucracy yeah, thing. Yeah, like there. a put upon
1: sort of bureaucrat yeah. trying to
0: and we could have a traveler, like someone that goes through the airport and then... Oh, like a regular
1: business traveler That's true. Or Ooh, I didn't think about
0: that. That's good. Who's always
1: flying in and out at those weird yeah. hours.
0: Ooh, that's true. And trying to put together the pieces. Ah, that Ooh, could maybe, yeah, they have a secret, like, internet deep yeah. web life and they're trying yeah. to figure it out and that's why they keep flying in and out of it. Ooh, or maybe it's just the classic, like, it is the gateway to hell or something. <laughs> The classic Hellmouth scenario. (laughs) And I mean, there's also the aspect of, you know, a white capitalist structure on stolen land. So, I mean, that could be part of it too. So, I don't know. There's a lot of, I don't know what the actual mystery is. I think Hellmouth is pretty good, though. Yeah. So, I don't know. The military industrial complex. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, there's a million. You got government. You got totally. You got everything. Casting wise, for a traveler, hmm. So I th- yeah I think the janitor role is kind of crucial because yeah. I think most of it happens at night. He's so witnessing. Maybe like John Hawks. I feel oh, like he's yeah. got like a put him in like the coveralls kind of yeah a, soulful yeah. janitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows the score. Yeah, and then
1: I feel like for the. <sighs> since we're so done we don't know who is in charge of the airport but whoever yeah. the top brass is for the airport i feel like gene smart would be really good
0: Ooh, yeah at definitely. that role yes with and like a pr person maybe like billy porter or something oh. he's like her pr guy and he's
1: the one who's like we're gonna spin this yeah exactly <laughs> we're gonna um, lean into it yeah exactly. i can, I can, I can <laughs> fix this i'll do like
0: murder mystery tours. yeah <laughs> What about the traveler? The business traveler? I feel like for
1: a traveler, I'm just picturing like heels walking down a long hallway. So maybe like... Who looks good in a Like a Tandy Newton style. Mm
0: -hmm. Love it.
1: With her hair in a
0: French twist. Exactly. And she's just like got her little (laughs) rolly thing. Like the fancy
1: glidey kind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I picture.
0: Yeah. I can see it. I can see it. Bradford Young, showrunner, cinematographer... I love it. I'm totally in. Yeah, mysterious. (laughs) Mysteries abound. So, mystery thrillers are probably my favorite genre. So, um, today, rather than maybe talking about, like, detective mysteries or noir or, like, supernatural mysteries, I personally focused on sort of, I don't know if you call them, like, existential mysteries mm-hmm. or kind of, like, chaos versus narrative, the sub- subjective nature of truth. So, I'm going to try to not give too much away <laughs> when I describe right. the plot that uh, is purposefully tough because that's, that's the whole reason we're here. Yeah. So, my first one is Accident... 2009. It's from Hong Kong. Is, so the language is Cantonese. It was directed by Soi Chiang, who also directed The Monkey King. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that poster, but <laughs> I have fr- seen the poster. It I have fr- seen it. It freaks me out, and I can't look at it. So anyway, um, yeah, I didn't notice much else, um, or I hadn't heard of anything else he'd done, yeah. but I saw Monkey King and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> anyway, but uh, this is, Accident's great. So Accident is about a crew of assassins, Three dudes, uh, I was gonna, and a little lady, no, three (laughs) dudes and a woman, I'm sorry. Um, And rather than kill their marks by just artlessly shooting them, they orchestrate elaborate accidents so the police will just assume it was all Mm. happenstance and not investigate. Um, But when an accident befalls the crew, its leader spirals out of control trying to figure out if it was in fact a random accident or if it was all part of a plot against them, Um, which has them questioning the members of the crew and his own sanity <gasps> oh. anyway <laughs> Sorry. and it is available for free on tubi which oh, i mean you are just like chilling that tubi i'm a tubi <laughs> shill that sounds weird <laughs> um yeah it's it's just uh it's just a great little mystery mm. i highly recommend it how did you hear about it actually it was a while back on all units i mean oh, he started really? to describe it and he said, crew of assassins, and he, he basically gave the plot a uh, synopsis, and I was like, nope, pause, I don't want to hear any more, no spoilers, <laughs> no more. I'm going to watch it, <laughs> no so I need to get back to that episode, because I was like, nope, I've got I've, I've to know, I've got to go in fresh. So, yeah, and I definitely now need to listen to the rest yeah. of that episode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> How well, about you? Uh, Joel did not want me to spoil... Plot points and the brothers Karamazov for him, which is like a hundred and forty year old book. So anyway, I understand the no spoilers. Okay, okay. I thought that's what Your Lifestyle. Doing. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah,
0: definitely. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry to to get into that spoiler culture no, thing, well, but I'm sorry. I like well, a for good a twist. mystery.
1: For a mystery, I mean, so I'm. Whole I don't think I spoil or I've tried not to spoil anything in like my notes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I I don't think either the rest of us are giving it away. Uh, so for mine, I picked three. Like, mystery-slash-thriller-adjacent movies that have as a central question or, like, a first question whether or not a crime actually occurred, yes or no, and if so, what exactly was the nature of that hypothetical crime? Mm -hmm. So not, like, existential mysteries, maybe, like, epistemological kind of mysteries... Um, although, when you said existential mysteries, I was like,
0: damn, I did Chan is Missing last episode. I'm like, that's such a perfect one. <laughs> I mean, maybe that was just my go to yeah, word for totally. like, I don't know, creepy, I don't creepy know. stuff. Yeah, creepy exactly.
1: Things. Uh, so, I have a kind of classical style thriller, a deconstructed thriller, and like an anti thriller. Ooh, I'm okay.
0: intrigued.
1: So, first up is kind of like the classically sort of styled, structured thriller. Mm-hmm. Uh, So my first pick is Tell No One from 2006. It's a relatively (gasps) contemporary French version of you know it's got all the twists and turns you want right from a thriller so it was directed by uh guillaume canet who is pretty well known as an actor i'd Mm -hmm. say as a french actor and it's based on a novel of the same name by the american writer harlan Coben. so it actually (gasps) was an american story that was uh, translated into french uh so the movie starts out with a married couple alex and margot who go night swimming in a lake near their childhood homes they have this kind of -of run-of-the-mill couple fight she swims off he hears a scream, goes after her, gets slapped by a two-by-four, <laughs> you know. all is dark and scenes. So that's like yeah. the first few minutes. Yeah. Um, and then it, you cut to eight years later. He's a pediatrician in Paris. He's never gotten over her death. But two bodies are found near the site of the incident depicted in the first scene and the case is reopened so even though the case was supposedly solved as a serial murder like they said that his wife was found as part of this victim of serial killer Mm -hmm. uh the police have long suspected alex so they're following a trail of clues that contradicts the story that we see in Mm -hmm. through his eyes in the first scene Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, he starts getting these mysterious messages that imply his wife is not dead at all, and it just spirals Mm. from there. So you just follow him, like, through a lot of interactions and linking, like, weird little links between his sort of uh, circle and then the police and then his interactions with a former patient, Mm. etc., and at some points, it feels like there's too many loose ends, but it does kind of spin closer and closer to conclusions, so there's, like, some really great chase scenes and a really good supporting cast, including Kristen Scott Thomas. Oh, and she's playing a native French speaker, and then we looked it up, and it's like, oh, yeah, I knew, I guess I knew she would like, married yeah. a French person, like, oh, she just whoa, was lives there. Okay, yeah, okay. I just like, thought she was smart. No, she just, <laughs> like, lives there, and that's, like, oh, her, okay, she considers okay. herself, she's a French citizen. Um, oh, really? And oh, then, okay. uh, Kene himself also plays a role in the film. Oh. Uh, anyway, just, like, a good very suspenseful there's a really beautiful briard uh if you're a dog fancier i was like a beautiful what? Is that a french herding dog that? yeah is it a french there's a garden there's a great big old hulking <laughs> herding dog also in it that's fine the dog is fine the dog okay. is fine just <laughs>
0: i know exactly in these thrillers they make it really clear to the dog okay, okay. again, again. <laughs> yeah <gasps> Um yeah, I rewatched that not too long ago because I I guess after like Harlan Coben made a couple of Netflix series, mm-hmm. like The Five and also um the series Safe. And so I was like Harlan Coben and yeah. I was like, oh shit, he did tell no one. So I yeah. rewatched it and yeah, it's just a great juicy mystery. It is. I love it. Yeah. So my next one is Mosaic, a uh miniseries by Steven Soderbergh from twenty seventeen. And although I'm not particularly a fan of Soderbergh, I'd still say that I follow his career, and still somehow the series completely escaped me, um, especially considering the murder victim is played by Sharon Stone. Ooh. Oh, shit. And just lots of great rich lady outfits. Like, oh, casual, I can imagine. You know, casual. Ooh, like nice scarves and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And sweaters. Sweaters. Yes. Oh yeah. Drapey sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> Mosaic is a six-part miniseries revolving around the investigation into who killed Sharon Stone. I'm not going to say his character's name, because I'm like, I don't know, there's too many things to list. Sharon Stone is a children's book author and art collector. Each episode focuses on sort of the perspective of a separate lead actor, so your loyalties and theories keep shifting and evolving. At first, you think you're watching a series about a wrongly convicted man. Then... Mm corporate espionage with a little con job known as the honeypot. Um, then you think you're watching a detective procedural, then an a- amateur sleuth whodunit, an art world mystery. And then you finally find out that one of the investigators has had an ulterior motive all along. Um, and also Paul Rubens is a standout as her BFF. In the movies. Oh. I, just, I appreciated that. So the main reason I, I cannot believe that I didn't hear a peep about Mosaic was because it was released as an, interactive media experience oh. um, along with its own app where the, what play- the hell? <laughs> I know, where the player can try to work out the mystery um, and is allowed access to crucial material that isn't in the film or in the series including a totally different like subplot I don't even call it a subplot it's like the plot the real plot I guess that's I think about a cult I mean I don't think that's a spoiler because <laughs> Because you cannot access that app anymore, which really oh, pissed me what off. The I wanted—I know I wanted to access the app and get that juicy, yeah. those juicy details about the cult or whatever. They're like
1: this is for like an iOS that doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, well, anymore. I guess it's just they had a limited time. I was like, I guess oh. that makes it sexy if it's like it's only for a limited time. But I'm like, I want to see that. Yeah, that's weird. That the scenes or whatever. Obviously, it was that didn't. Yeah, I don't know if it didn't pan out or they're just like that makes it more fun if you hmm. can't access it later. Anyway, so I was just reading basically like a Reddit thread about what the, that info was. The writer Ed Solomon also wrote the Bill and Ted series, including the <laughs> upcoming third one. Oh, boy. Um, and I guess he also wrote Men in Black and the Nicey Me series, mm. the splashy magician wow. movies, I guess. And the Super Mario Brothers movie okay. from 1993. But I swear, the movie is really well I don't written. know what to think. I swear to God, I know, I'm throwing you so many curveballs. You are. Um, I swear to God, though. It's actually like really well written. And yeah, definitely worth a watch. It's on Hulu. Okay.
1: Uh, So check it out. Yeah. Uh, So my second pick is the deconstructed thriller Mm. that I mentioned, uh, directed by Lucretia Martel. I'll take any excuse to talk up Lucretia. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) So it's from 2008, Argentina, like all of her movies. And it follows the disoriented perspective of a wealthy, chic dentist in the minutes, hours, and days after a hit-and-run accident. Mm. Uh, so she's driving her Benz down a country road next to a canal. She's distracted for just, like, a minute, and she hits something. Mm. Something pretty big. And out of this... Like, you can just see her face. Yeah. Just, like, deer in the headlights. Mm. Uh, not to kind of pun it. Yeah. <laughs> and... Also clearly has, like, a head injury, kind of, and she, like, pauses, and then she just keeps on going to stop to check what it was. This is Mm -hmm. not a spoiler. It's almost the opening scene of the movie. And so then she spends the rest of the movie in this almost dissociative state, just kind of dazed and attempting to kind of be pleasant and go about the business of her life while being essentially incapable of functioning. And all the people in her life kind of just keep her going along without really pausing to kind of snap her to reality they can kind of they know something is up but they're just not really that interested in her which is kind of like Hmm. a theme i think with a lot of martel's movies so at first she claims because you know her car is fucked up so she like claims to her husband that she hit a dog and the way that the matter is handled by the people around her Mm -hmm. leaves you as the viewer as unsure as she is about what really happened Mm-hmm. Um, like whether what mm-hmm. exactly did she hit like you become yeah. less sure of what happened the longer into yeah. the movie you go um, so she keeps the focus very trained on the protagonist she loves those claustrophobic shots it's like almost suffocating and she really bes- resists pulling back to any kind of larger perspective she's just laser trained on that basically yeah. fugue state this woman is yeah. in yeah So there's kind of this theme of willful forgetting and conscious amnesia that works really well as this micro character study, but then also, I think, as kind of a social allegory for the very white upper classes in Argentina. Um, But it's not like this clear cut sort of social commentary because it doesn't really pan across sort of. It just it keeps it very very on tightly her. on yeah, the elite exactly yeah. <laughs> so i do think that martel really loves to subtly humiliate her bourgeois protagonists and probe their hyper hyper narrow worldviews. Mm-hmm. so i feel like the headless woman has some of those antonioni kind of mystery vibes mm. oh, i love it questions about the nature of events and sequences in relation to the observer and i just love how her films are alternately very abstract and then like fully stifling Um, So it's a really good one. If you want something that's not like thrills and chills, but just deconstructing a
0: possible crime. Yeah, like a slow burn. Yeah, Mm, yeah, Yeah. definitely check that out. So my last one is Homicide. I just realized all my titles are single words. Oh, I like that. Yeah, Uh, unintentional. So Homicide from 1991, uh, directed and written by David Mamet. So this is on Criterion, but I feel like no one really talks about it. So yeah. I'm talking about it. So uh, Joe Montana plays on the side. <laughs> Joe
1: Montana. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, I mean, he's a, yeah, him and Mamet worked together a lot, yeah. so I know it's kind of weird, and he's in Criminal Minds, so he's definitely <laughs> into that whole true crime vibe. Yeah. Um, he plays a homicide detective investigating a, a shooting of an elderly Jewish shopkeeper. He's put on the case because the victim's son believes he'll prioritize the case because Montania's character is of Jewish descent. First, Montania is resentful because he wants to work on a, this high-profile cop-killer case that he was originally assigned to, and because, um he underplays his own Jewish heritage. But eventually, he does believe the murder to be part of a trend of anti-Semitic attacks, and Mm. he's drawn into the city's um, underground Zionist movement. He he does things in support of the organization, like the Zionist organization's cause, that put his career in jeopardy. And in the final moments of the film, a few revelations unravel everything he understood about the case— and, maybe, his life. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, again, I'm really trying to avoid any kind of spoilers Yeah, exactly. There. But I swear, in the last moment, you're like, wait, what? David Mamet, who was the famous playwright, obviously, like, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, who later became a director... A uh, movie director does seem like the type of person who would be mean to actors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. that's just that's more of a hunch. That's a yeah, personal hunch. Just a read. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, uh, but the the movie is outrageously good. It asks a lot of the same questions as Accident, mm-hmm. which again is is getting a little bit spoilery. Even I can't even burst the subject. Just watch yeah, them. Okay. You'll love them totally. And,
1: and it's available on the Criterion Channel. Okay. I haven't listed any of where mine are available. Uh, Tell no one is on. Uh, Canopy, Canopy yeah. Headless Woman. There's a bunch of Lucretia Martell stuff on Criterion. I don't I know if that's on there. it's on, on Canopy, though, it's right? on, I, I know It I might be on Canopy. Somewhere, yeah. Um,
0: it's around. Yeah,
1: then this next one is... Ooh, it's either on Canopy or Criterion. I'm not sure. I think it's Canopy, actually. Let's see. Well, I'm <laughs> trying <to> look. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Uh, this is the one I would describe as an anti-thriller. So, Buffet Foie, also known by the English title Cold Cut. Sorry for butchering the French. Don't (laughs) speak it. It's a 1979 black comedy by the French director Bertrand Blyer. Most of it takes place within a pretty short period of time. And concerns just a few characters. Basically, these, uh... The misadventures of <laughs> these three characters there's the unemployed weirdo Alphonse Trom, played by Gerard Depardieu Ooh, in a oh, really like early young, a young like a younger hotter so, not a right we're not talking green card with Andy McDowell or like my father the hero oh my god we're my talking, father hero
0: we could talk about that for 12 hours yeah. okay sorry anyway so this is like young <laughs> like legitimately like good good, look, good, good, looking, good looking good looking actor John Gerard Depardieu sort of, yeah. yeah so he's the
1: main character his neighbor, who's a police inspector, who's actually his only neighbor in this giant high-rise, mm-hmm. and his wife's somewhat repentant murderer. Again, this is not a spoiler because <laughs> it's like an anti-thriller. Yeah. Um, the first thing you see, Depardieu, is in this almost empty metro station. He hulks along and he approaches <laughs> the only other person on the platform immediately engages him in a conversation on whether or not he's ever thought of killing a stranger (laughs) (laughs) you know and over the course of the conversation like terrorizing this man he whips out his knife kind of gestures with (laughs) it he ends up tossing it it disappears and then a short time later he's coming out of the subway and he comes across the same man and this time the man is dying of a stab wound (laughs) with the murder weapon which is devoidy's knife sticking out of him What? and (laughs) devoidy's like what So the guy's like, well, you may as well take my money and take this knife with you. Like, I'm going to be dead anyway. Who cares? Like, this is it's a really absurd (laughs) black comedy. I mean, it's like, it's very Buñuel feeling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. Um, Yeah. So, he comes home and he tells his wife, I think I might have killed this guy. I think
0: I'm a But murderer. I don't have
1: any memory of this. And she's like, don't be ridiculous. That she puts the knife in the dishwasher and just, like, is done with it. Yeah. And it's pretty much emblematic of the way all subsequent murders, and there are a lot of them, are treated <laughs> in this film. So, murders and murders for hire are treated with less interest than... A social faux pas oh, that yeah. gets people's oh, ire up. Yeah. <laughs> But then, like killing people, are like whatever. Yeah. Um, so besides the Buñuel style absurdism, oh, actually, Carol uh, Bouquet, who was in that obscure Object of Desire, does make a late appearance in this movie, which is oh, kind I'm... of a wink to Buñuel. There's a bit of an after-hours vibe, maybe, because of the timeline. It's, like, mostly over one night and then yeah. into the next day. I feel like we mentioned it after-hours like 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 It's a <laughs> shorthand. Yeah. It one night. one night. <laughs> it's go. true. It's the Donald <laughs> Pleasants. of <laughs> Oh, movies. definitely. The Laura Dern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a lot of mascots. Sorry. Um, so every... Uh, action in the movie is through the prism of the kind of like late 70s urban malaise and alienation and there's just all these people who are kind of inured to brutality but it's all very fun and dark and ridiculous oh, and the yeah. payoff is really enjoyable. Okay, So yeah, if you want something that just flips a thriller inside out and like yeah. the aesthetics especially like the opening sequence you would huh. love the look oh of this like God. late 70s metro
0: like this mm, neon and oh dream it's like
1: black and red and like ooh, what lights oh it's so good okay. i don't
0: think i've really heard it. i mean the title sounds familiar but the actual yeah. like plot points it's I'm... some
1: real lars lars ooh, bait i think yeah yeah I'll definitely yeah. check that out
0: So it's time for what's on our radar, what we've been watching, what we want to watch, things we're warning you against, just kind of everything. It's a grab bag. So for me, um, I just finished season two of Dark, the German Netflix series about time travel. Oh, how was
1: season two?
0: Um, I literally can't even get into how complicated it is. Okay. I mean, like it's so complex. If you think season one's like wow, they're really like yeah, you know, it's like a real knot. It gets it makes Game of Thrones like plot lines and family trees and all the complexity seem like nothing. So is
1: James still like this is dumb as hell, or he already gave he up?
0: he does only time travel stuff because he's like wait, this makes no sense. Like right. he just gets bogged down in the sense of it all. Yeah. I'm like, oh, don't worry about that. I was like, yeah. it's just fun, right? Right. It's, for me, it's yeah. just like fun candy or whatever. Yeah. There's a certain point in season two where I was like, this is too complicated. Oh, like, this is crazy. But then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to lean into it. go with it. And then it kind of just goes even farther to, like, sort of the left. I don't even know how to like, describe. There's literally, if a friend comes up to you and is like, hey, what's dark about? Like, describe season two. I'd be like, I <laughs> can't. It's I a, don't. Mystery. It's a it's Just, like, look up memes about how people okay. can't explain it. Okay. Anyway, but if you like time travel, sci-fi, supernatural, mystery, stuff, whatever, all that look it up because it is a wild ride but like just be ready i don't know just Just be down to clown it's it's like crazy i came upon a a lovely britishy podcast called she done it where the host talks about different aspects of the golden age of detective mysteries written by women authors like agatha christie dorothy l sayers etc it's basically the podcast equivalent of watching miss fisher's murder mysteries In other words, like, charming as fuck with bits yeah. of, like, old-time jazz here Ooh. and there. <laughs> and just tons of book recommendations. Yeah. And also she has one of the best podcast logos, like, thumbnails Ooh. I've ever seen. Like, I just I've fucking love it. it. Anyway, check it out. It's super cute. And Meg, did you know there was a series about the detective adventures of a young monk called <gasps> Little Monk? Oh, no! <laughs> Is it, like, a children's? Yeah, it's basically, what is that, Young Sheldon or something? Oh, no. It ran, okay, it ran for 10 episodes in, in 2009. It's created by Monk series producer uh, Randy Zisk, who also uh, produced Midnight Caller, the Gary Cole oh, cop turned talk show host series I mentioned together, a while back. But yeah. I didn't know if he'd ever heard of No Monk.
1: But have you seen it? No. Who's, who plays Little Monk? Oh, I don't know. I didn't look that Some up. Some random Just a little kid. So, like, Young Sheldon ripped off The monk creator is what you're
0: saying. But I, I mean, I don't even watch monk, but I'm like, I I would check this out. (laughs) I don't know where it's available. But (laughs) anyway, just thought you'd like that little tidbit. (laughs)
1: Uh, Well, speaking of strange spinoffs for (laughs) classic shows that (laughs) loom uh, large in my psyche, (laughs) I received for my birthday, you'll all be relieved to learn that I received (laughs) for my birthday the crown of my desires, (gasps) which was the complete Columbo box set. shit. Thanks to my loving husband who picked up my many hints, which Man. was literally like, I want this. I want this. Um, <laughs> and I found out upon looking, pouring over <laughs> yeah. the contents, that it includes the Mrs. Columbo specials, which I think you and yes. I talked about. I want to see them. So you better believe we'll be watching those. Ooh. We got to have some Mrs. Columbo nights. Kate I think they grew. I mean, yeah, that's like, crazy. I didn't so realize. That's so weird.
0: That's Orange is the New Black. Yeah. Um, so next we have Gen. Voyager or something? I don't know. I Think Voyager. Yeah,
1: yeah. sure. <laughs> but, oh um, yeah, so anyway, we have access to Mrs. Columbo now. Yes, thank God. You <laughs> know. Whew. So uh, the only other thing is a movie I'm really interested in that got essentially no hype, no promotion, and I think it's because the Hollywood system is racist and sexist. Yeah. Uh, so it's the intergenerational supernatural drama Fast Color So uh, Gugu Mbatha-Ra plays a woman on the run from authorities after Mm -hmm. her supernatural abilities are discovered. And years later, she returns to her mother and daughter while still in hiding. So basically, the studio didn't give this film a chance. But I'm really interested to see this three generations of women of color as the protagonist in this kind of supernatural story. Um, Just
0: something fresh amid a summer of trash supernatural kind of movies. I mean, everything is from, like, 20 years ago sorry I saw some sort of meme it was like Men in Black Child's Play yeah. also, I was like oh is it 1995 yeah and, and this just seems very like well made
1: like I mean based on the trailers it actually got yeah. really good reviews I
0: saw one trailer so I was like yeah what happened yeah, to that it was What's only
1: that? it was only in Portland for example for a week because they just Jesus. got like no promotion but I think Boo. that it's coming streaming soon okay. so that I'm gonna check out as soon as I can
0: definitely me too
1: well thanks for joining us you can subscribe to keep up with us or drop us a line at storyboardpod at gmail.com, via Instagram at storyboardpodcast, via Twitter at storyboard underscore pod. All the links to the movies, articles, people we talk about, our <laughs> books, everything, <laughs> <books, laughs> podcasts, whatever. <laughs> They're in the episode notes, so you don't have to search around. You can close that notes app. Uh, <laughs> Till next time.
0: I'm like, pulse sheer. Oh mm. <laughs> my! My brain is. <know>. David Duchovny. <laughs> Ooh. As a sex, like, sex, sex. addict janitor. <laughs> He's playing himself. <laughs> He's, like, currently a janitor.